Welcome to another Fasten Like Nails podcast where you'll find biblical insights to inspire you to know God intimately, proclaim Him passionately, and enjoy Him infinitely. With us in the studio is Dr. Mark Hamby and Ruthann and Caleb and Rebecca. Hello. Great to be here, Molly. Well, those of you that are listening, um, welcome. And we're going to be talking about wisdom today. We're going to talk about if we even get to Proverbs chapter 1, where, <laughs> you know, it says, um, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, um, but fools despise wisdom and correction. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about all those words, but in order to define wisdom, the best way to define it is to go back to the original um, place, the very first time that wisdom is mentioned. And it's first mentioned in an unusual way. It's mentioned as an, as an adjective in, Prover- or in Exodus chapter, oh, I think it's chapter... Exodus chapter 28, uh, verse 3, it says, And you shall speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. That's that word hakma. And uh, prior to that, it's the um, wise-hearted. It's more of an adjective um, describing these people. They're wise-hearted, and they are filled with the spirit of wisdom. It's interesting that wisdom is known as having a spirit. Um, In... um, in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 23, it says, If you turn at my reproof, I will pour out my spirit unto you. And guess who's speaking there? We didn't even talk about this in class. You know who's speaking? It's wisdom. Yeah, wisdom is speaking. She sa- wisdom says, she, she says, I will pour out my spirit. So that's kind of interesting that wisdom is able to pour out her spirit. So how does wisdom have the spirit? Who is wisdom? Now, in the New Testament, we're going to learn later that Jesus is claimed to be the wisdom of God. And we're not talking about a fourth person of the Trinity here. Um, That would be kind of an oxymoron if it was. But we're talking about the personification of wisdom. But before we get into that, let's just look at this word. So 28.3, these are wise-hearted, and they're filled with the spirit of wisdom. And they're about to make the ornaments for Aaron's clothing for the priest's office. And then the next place um, it appears is in 31, 31.6. It says that um, and in, in the hearts of all that are wise-hearted, um, I have put wisdom. So there's 31.6. So this is the origins of the word wisdom. It's where it comes from. Um, verse 35, it says, And they and every wise-hearted among you will come, um, all that the Lord has commanded. And then it appears again in 35.25. In all the women that were wise-hearted, they did spin. And then in 36.1, it says, then wrought Bezalel, and we learned today in class that Bezalel means what? The shadow of shadow. God. Shadow of God. It's kind of cool. Um, Bezalel and Ohioleb and every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord put hakma, put wisdom mm-hmm. and understanding to know how to work, all manner of work, for the service of the sanctuary. And then he, he says it again in, um, in verse 2, says it again in verse 4. He says it again in verse 8, every wise-hearted man whom the Lord has put, put wisdom. And so that's the end of it in the, the origin of wisdom in, in the book of Exodus. And it has this sense to it, as we learned in class, of what? What does wisdom actually mean? What were some of the definitions of wisdom that the Bible gives us? Skillful. Skillful. That's one of the main ones. The ESV translate translates wise, wise-hearted, and wisdom is skillful, mm-hmm. um, skillful craftsmanship, skillful, um, skillful living. What else mm-hmm. did we learn about 
wisdom. Negotiating life successfully and with beauty. Negotiating life skillfully with beauty and dignity. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's a great definition, I think. We were in uh, James, and that was talking about how it's pure and peaceable and kind. Gentle, mm-hmm. easy to be entreated, full mm-hmm. of mercy, mercy and good, and good fruits. Mm-hmm. So wisdom is, boy, wisdom is very positive and living mm-hmm. and kind and gentle and full of mercy. Uh, but it's not self-seeking. Not so. Wisdom from beneath is full of what? Striving, mm-hmm. jealousy. Phew. That's how you, you can know. You know where where is this coming? Where is the spirit coming from within us? Mm-hmm. Is there a spirit of jealousy? Is there a spirit of envy? Is there a spirit of striving? Mm-hmm. Those would be the three things. Are you finding yourself in the midst of conflict? Mm-hmm. Where is the conflict coming from? And so, what does God say to us? If you lack wisdom, how do you deal with the situation, right? You're in the middle of the situation and, mm-hmm. and you're, it's full of conflict. God says, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and he'll mm-hmm. give to what? Everyone liberally, liberally mm-hmm. and will not withhold it. Mm-hmm. And so God is saying, like, wisdom is there for the asking. And, mm-hmm. But you've got to be willing to receive it. You've got to be willing to let it yield peaceable fruit of righteousness, mm-hmm. full of mercy, um, it's, it's, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's, it's kind. Mm-hmm. And so that's the response of wisdom. Okay, so, so, uh, so Exodus gives us an idea of wisdom. And they, they, what did they have to do with this wisdom? What were they required to do? To use it. Use it how? Or to use their skill that they've been given for God. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were, and what were they making? Uh, they were building the tabernacle. Building the furniture, building the tabernacle. Uh, making the clothes with what kind of what did the women use for their for the clothing blue and purple blue and purple very expensive stuff scarlet mm-hmm. yarn scarlet yarn what else fine linen fine Badger linen skins. the <laughs> fine linen of egypt um it's interesting there's some commercials i'm not gonna i'm not promoting this but there's commercials <laughs> right now that this guy's you know getting his uh threads his cotton and everything from egypt <laughs> the fine linen of egypt um <laughs> What else were they uh, were they doing with all of this stuff? And where did they get this stuff? By the way, they they were slaves a few days ago. Now all of a sudden they've got all this all these resources. Where did they get it from? Egypt. Okay. They were the free will offerings. Is that what you're referring to? The well, they're going to give it. Them? They're going to offer it as free, but they mm-hmm. received it from their Egyptian spoils. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they had nothing, and all of a sudden, as they're leaving, God made the Egyptians give them all this stuff. Now, mm-hmm. so if you were poor and you didn't have anything and all of a sudden overnight you've got all these jewels and all this linen and all these blue and purple, you know, clothing and then and the gold and the silver and then Ruth Ann, it's like Moses says, now we need to build the tabernacle of the Lord and we need your earrings. <laughs> oh yeah, if it wasn't God, I'd have a really hard time giving it up. <laughs> <laughs> Was this before or after the gold calf? This was before. After, after the gold calf. This was after calf. Moses came down and his face was shining from yeah. talking to God. Yeah. Why do you ask, Molly? Well, because uh, it was the same thing. They all gave up their gold and oh, their interesting. and everything to them, but they still had some left over. I guess because didn't they grind it up and they put it in the water for the dust? And so now there's all this golden stuff, and it's almost like a not a purging, but a a starting over purifying mm-hmm. thing. Interesting, though. I was thinking of it. It was easy for them to give their gold for their idols, but not for... Well, did they give more to the idol or more to the to temple? God? 
Well, there was Probably still some left people. over, mm-hmm. so they didn't give it all to the idols because mm-hmm. it would all be floating in the water. <laughs> or they were drinking it. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so, so here we have wisdom. Um, wisdom is um, exemplified in a life lived well, a skillful life, mm-hmm. a life that's beautiful, a life that has dignity, a life that is honorable, um, a life that is attractive. And that's a, a wise life. It's a life full of wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, someone mm-hmm. who possesses the spirit of wisdom. And I, I said this in class. I, for some reason, it, it should be both men and women. But when a man and a wo- woman lives with the spirit of wisdom in them, it's extremely attractive. You just know when you see them. You know, mm-hmm. Lou, our friend Lou. He's a man of wisdom, right? Yeah, you're just instantly kind of drawn to him. You are. You want to be around him, and you want to ask him questions and hear mm-hmm. what he has to his opinion on everything. Yeah, we're talking about uh, Dr. Lou Sterrett, mm-hmm. who I just learned is eight years older than me, which yeah. blew me away because I thought he was actually younger. <laughs> That's and, crazy. Yeah, and uh, there's something about him. He's got this spirit of wisdom in mm-hmm. him. And for some reason, though, when I see it in a woman, you know, she's got this this spirit that's meek and quiet but full of authority full of which we just saw this in uh in abigail's story with colin smith because she was the epitome of wisdom and she had that meek and quiet spirit but also you know she spoke with authority on behalf of her husband Mm -hmm. that's a cool picture of it and she told you know, she prevented sin from happening. Mm-hmm. You know, she was able to see what would happen to David had he taken mm-hmm. matters into his own hand and said, "Thou art bound in the bundle of life with the Lord thy God." She mm-hmm. she used wisdom to prevent a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Which and, I uh, feel like a lot of times humility is looked at as like almost being a pushover, but it's this strength behind it that mm-hmm. it's not it's standing strong in what you believe, but with the authority of not you, but like almost an ambassador for God or for his His wisdom, that's what gives you the authority. Mm-hmm. And the meekness is this quiet strength. Like, um, velvet steel, I like to look at it. Because oh. mm-hmm. um, you know your worth, you know where your worth is in Christ, and it's so that you can humble yourself and not have pride get in the way mm-hmm. of just learning more. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... So wisdom. Mm-hmm. So we find it in Proverbs. Um, we're going to learn that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Knowledge. Ah, <laughs> but in chapter 9, verse 10, it's the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 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 So that's the, that's the um, pattern, path that we're going to take. You start in chapter 1, and it's the be- fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and we're going to mm-hmm. try to acquire wisdom all the way to chapter 9. Mm-hmm. There's 12 lessons that we have to learn in order to get to the wisdom that's found in chapter 9. Mm-hmm. In these 12 lessons, Solomon is going to teach his son 12 important lessons that he has to pass in order to receive the wisdom of God mm-hmm. in chapter 9, mm-hmm. which allows him not only to have the wisdom of God, but to have the understanding of, what does it say? The Holy One, mm-hmm. which is a reference to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the goal for all of this study of Proverbs 1 through 9 is for us to understand the Holy One, understand Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. who is the mm-hmm. wisdom of God. And so starting in chapter 1, uh, can you guys describe for the audience that's listening how chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, is the introduction, and this introduction is what's going to be talked about throughout the 12 lessons. And the introduction is framed with what? What are the first three words that frames this? 
Know wisdom and correction. There you go. Knowledge, wisdom, correction. And we changed the word instruction to what? Correction. Uh, Why? Just uh, correction. We didn't change the word. <laughs> we just went with the original <laughs> word. <laughs> the original word for instruction is best described or best defined as correction. And, and think about it. If you're instructing someone, you're correcting the way they think. If you're giving instruction, you're correcting the way one's you know, designs or puts together a swing set. You got the instructions. I want to do it a certain way, but the instructions correct the way that I would do it a different way by giving me the instructions, the correction. The correct correction is just listening. It's the correct way of thinking, mm-hmm. thinking correctly about mm-hmm. something. Okay, so so there you have it. Picture this, everybody. In the very top, it says, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and correction. Know Wisdom correction at the very bottom, in verse seven, this end of the the end of the introduction, you have the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and correction. So there you have that frame of knowledge, wisdom, correction, and then at the bottom, knowledge, wisdom, correction. In the very center, we have something very unique. Um, the next part of this frame is words and understanding at the bottom words and understanding mm-hmm. in the middle we've got four different types of people that describes all the people of the world what's in the center of this beautiful framing device of proverbs who are these people the first one are the simple hmm. so we got simple yeah, we've no. got no. youthful knowledgeable kids then we got wise hearted people and we've Didn't got we got discerning ones we had two more we had scorners and fools well before. we're gonna we're gonna add those at the very end because they're gonna be the ones that come in verse 22 mm-hmm. um, well the fool comes in verse 7 uh, fools despise wisdom and correction mm-hmm. okay so the first one is the simple person that's Anyone an, want to describe um, the simple person? Well, it's, I was just going to say for those who may not have their Bibles open when they're listening, it's in verses 4, 5, and 6. The Bible actually talks about simple, the young man, and a wise man, and a man of understanding. So that's where we're getting that. So you got four people Four in types there. of people, yeah. And that's in the center of this framing of knowledge, wisdom, and correction. Knowledge, mm-hmm. wisdom, and correction. Verses mm-hmm. 2, 3, and verse 7. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in the center, Solomon in this, in this introduction is framing... Four types of people. Mm-hmm. And these four types of people are your simple person, your youthful, knowledgeable person, your wise person who continues to learn, and your understanding slash discerning person mm-hmm. um, who attains or buys wise counsel. Mm-hmm. Kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And we're going we're to come across this idea of buying wisdom in chapter two. But for now, it costs, wisdom can't be acquired unless it costs you something. Grace is free, but wisdom is costly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. What kind of price are you willing to pay? Um, the more, the higher the price, the more the wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's talk about these four individuals. And as you're listening, you got to figure out where do you fit on this spectrum. Where where are you in your in your life right now? Are you a simple person? Are you growing in knowledge as a youthful person? Are you growing in knowledge and wisdom as a wise person? Or have you reached the level of discerning between good and evil? A discerning person. Okay, simple. Let's define it. Uh, believing everything. Gullible. Okay. A person who believes everything will believe what? Anything. 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 I think it was if you believe anything, you'll fall for anything. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Is that the... If you believe everything, you'll fall for anything? Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's probably a little bit better. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so other than um, a simple person believes everything, what else is simple? The simple is the fool, right? He's not. They're is the fool underneath that then? or Thoughtless. Yeah, fool is okay. next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so it goes from simple person to a foolish person to a mocking person. Mm-hmm. So then would you say a, mm-hmm. a child is simple when, it, when they're born? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is in reference to a child because there's more. This is a person who mm-hmm. purposely chooses the path that he's on. Mm-hmm. So he's, what else? He's naive. Naive. Easily enticed. Easily enticed. Mm-hmm. Gullible. Gullible. Thoughtless. Thoughtless. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's the main definition of a simple person. And so I'm sure glad none of us have ever been like that. (laughs) (laughs) So this is interesting because I was reading in, um, it was like 1 Corinthians 3 and Paul was talking about like, you guys are all carnal, these Christians, and I I want, you're on milk and I try to get you on meat, but you you wouldn't listen. So I have to keep you still on milk. So this is like almost tracking the spiritual journey, right? So Everyone, you know, when you get saved, you don't automatically become wise and knowledgeable. You're you're a fool or, or you're simple. And so then now you get to choose which way you're going to go with your spiritual growth. And you can stay on the milk and kind of fade away or in your personal life. Or you can grow in the word and get on the meat and become knowledgeable and then wise. Is that kind of? Yeah, absolutely. It goes along with Hebrews chapter 5. He says, everyone that is that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. Mm. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, but who mm. by reason of the of use, reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Listen to what it says in the ESV version. That was King James. It says, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. That word unskilled carries the idea of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, since he is a child, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have the power. Listen to this. This is so important. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, when you're naive, you, you lack all of this because you're a baby. You're still, like you said, Caleb, you're still, um, you know, on... On milk, you can't be on solid food. You're, you, you are, re, you, you are at the mercies of others to sustain you. You're mm-hmm. at the mercies of others to guide you in life. And what does a, what does a child do that gets to the place where he refuses instruction and refuses correction? What type of child? What does he, what does he become like then? A foolish child, mm-hmm. you know. And then that child, if he continues in his foolish state, what will he end up being like later on? A mocking. A mocking person. Mm-hmm. He's a person who despises wisdom and instruction. That's what Proverbs one seven says. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and correction. We learned today what the word uh, despise means. Do you guys remember? Disrespect. You got it. Mm-hmm. To disrespect authority in your life is to despise wisdom and correction. And if you despise wisdom and correction, what do you become? A mocker. A fool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fools despise wisdom and correction. Mm-hmm. And so a simple person is going to go one of two different directions. A simple person is going to realize, okay, I continue to 
below it. I continue to be naive, easily enticed, gullible, thoughtless. I don't want to be this way anymore. And so I want to grow. I want to receive wisdom. So he's got to become a youthful, knowledgeable person. And how do you become a knowledgeable person? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Uh-huh. Okay, let's define the fear of the Lord. Do you remember? Loving yes. what God loves and hating what he hates. Absolutely. And how do you, know, how do, you do that? His gotta, word. Got to yeah. learn what yeah. God loves and what he hates mm-hmm. and know more about him. He actually tells you what he hates. That's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> you want to read it? That's the whole Bible? No. <laughs> no. In, in Proverbs chapter 6 and chapter 8... We have this. Dun, 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 dun. So in Proverbs chapter 6. Some hold music. There. <laughs> this dun, might be my brain just going to a, like a rabbit trail, but is it dangerous for a Christian, especially a young Christian who's like 19 or 20, who's grown up in the church, mm-hmm. who has all the, has memorized the Bible in its entirety, but still chooses to turn away from it? It's amazing you say that because in chapter 5 and chapter 6 of Proverbs, it talks about that person exactly mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to look at, let's look, let's, this is, I mean, we're not going to be able to get into it entirely, but let's look at um, Proverbs. 6.16, these six things the Lord hates, yea, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Hmm. Wow. Read it again. That's quite a list. Read the very beginning again. These six things the Lord hates, yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Mm, Quite a list. Mm -hmm. Um, Go to chapter 8, verse 13. It will even define now the fear of the Lord. This is what I love about the Mm -hmm. Bible. By the way, so you four that are in here, you guys are going to be a little bit ahead of the class, so you're going to have to pretend that you saw it for the first time when you see it next week. (laughs) Um, Verse 13, what does it say? The fear of the Lord. Do you see that? Mm-hmm. The fear of the Lord is. The, now, I, I love the way the Bible defines itself. Oh, guess what, Rebecca? We're not going to talk about it now, but remember you had that question last week about um, um, righteousness, justice, and, and equity? Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't they be all together with that one? Mm-hmm. In chapter 2, it defines, it answers your question. Oh, so we're going to talk about that next week as well. Okay, so back to chapter 8, verse 13. The fear of the Lord... What I love about this is that, you know, the, in, Genesis, in, in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is, is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and, and correction. But you have to ask yourself the question, what is the fear of the Lord? You know, mm-hmm. what does it mean to fear the Lord? And in chapter 8, verse 13, it says the fear of the Lord is, it tells you exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It is to hate evil. Mm-hmm. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil pride and arrogance and the in the way of evil and the perverted speech do I hate wow and then he goes on and says I have count, I have counsel and I have sound wisdom I have insight and I have strength and the reason that he has this is because he has this healthy sense of hatred toward the things that God hates mm-hmm. and love toward the things that God loves God loves wisdom and he loves insight and loves discernment okay mm-hmm. back to 
Proverbs chapter 1. Um, mm, it's such a beautiful chapter. Okay, so in the center, in the center of this beautiful framing device of wisdom, knowledge, and um, or of knowledge, wisdom, and correction, knowledge, wisdom, and correction, in the center, you've got four people. The first one is the simple person. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to listen. He's gullible. He stays where he is. And if he stays where he is, eventually he'll turn to despise, disrespect, wisdom, and correction. He'll become a fool. And then the fool eventually becomes a mocker. Um, And then that person is almost in a hopeless state. Um, I, I talked about it in class that in chap- Proverbs 1 through 9, wisdom offers an invitation to the simple, the fools, and the mockers. Mm. And one at a time, she closes the door mm. if they don't respond. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's scary. Yeah. So the first one is the simple one. He gives subtlety to the simple. And that word subtlety is the word discretion. Um, prudence. Um, it's also the word for wittiness, a witty wisdom. So that's what the simple will get. And then to the young man, he gets what? Knowledge and discretion. He becomes more discreet because he has this knowledge. And this word knowledge um, carries the idea of being aware of your surroundings. So it's like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what's wrong? No, sorry. Oh, I was just thinking about all the times when I was younger. Mom would always say, "Molly, be aware of your surroundings." Really? And I, it was so many times as a kid. I just hadn't heard that phrase in like five years. <laughs> <laughs> just like brought back all the memories. You know, it's interesting that I've noticed that young people and and older people um, is if they're not growing in wisdom, one of the characteristics, one of the traits is they don't have an awareness of their surroundings. Mm-hmm. Great leadership is they, they see, they're, they're, they pay attention to the environment that they're in, mm-hmm. you know? And they, and they see it because they know that it can be a distraction to other people. And so they're, they're they, like Lou, when he's in the arena, he sees, he's got constantly guiding, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, if those of you that are football players, um, one of the one of the great uh, football players that's up and coming right now is um, playing for the Buffalo Bills, uh, Josh Allen, and it's really something. If you didn't have any noise in, and you didn't hear the stadium, and you didn't hear the 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 players, and all you were watching what was his actions, what you would see is this quarterback up with his line, and th- watch this. And you, of course, the folks that are listening can't see. We'll this. We'll give you a play by play. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> He's motioning with his hands. Oh, come here. No, no, you circle around. Stay here. Oh, he's conducting an orchestra. Come on, come on. <laughs> you go, you go. He's conducting an orchestra. That's yes. exactly what he's doing. Mm. Oh, wow. It's That's amazing. Cool. To watch it, it's like this guy is conducting. And you look at other quarterbacks who are not great, and they mm-hmm. don't have that kind of relationship with their players. Mm-hmm. His players are constantly watching him. They're knowing exactly what's happening. As they're on the line getting ready to go, he's changing everything because he's watching the defense. Mm-hmm. He's watching the defense, and he's changing all of the plays within seconds. Is he mute, too, or is he talking? No. Um, they can't hear him. The, okay. There were 70,000 so people watching the game. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh-huh. The, they, they said it was the most hostile environment they've ever played in. Whoa. They couldn't hear hardly anything. He'd have to scream, hike the ball, okay? So everything is done with hand hand movements. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Having an awareness of your surroundings, Mm -hmm. a good leader is able to to bring things into order 
You know, he sees things. He, he even feels the temperature. He's able to see things that are out of order, and he brings constant order to things. That's what wisdom does. Mm. Wisdom is always bringing order. That's what God did in his creation. It's always bringing order out of chaos. Mm. Okay, so we've got the simple person. We've got the um, young person who's growing in knowledge and discretion. And then the next person is who? The wise man. And what's the wise man? How's, how's he learning and gaining? What's, what's happening with him? He's gaining more knowledge. He's pursuing knowledge and learning new things. Yep. And he can't help but teach it. Not yet. Oh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. That's the last he one. He can help but teach it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to teach it unless you're really ready. Okay. Um, it was interesting, Rebecca, you had um, mentioned this a little bit ago, that a wise man will hear the hear his Shema, which, mm-hmm. again, connected to the, what we were studying in First Samuel, with mm-hmm. the Samuel, the Shema El, so it's hear and obey. So it's like this wise person, he's hearing, but he's increasing learning. He's not just letting it sit. He's mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. taking it and applying it, yep. which is the mm-hmm. essential nature of wisdom, mm-hmm. applied knowledge and negotiating life skillfully, like you were and, saying. And it's costing him something. He's willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. He's going after it. Oh, yeah, you have to die to self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Die to self, and it's it's costly to gain it. I mean, you know, if you really want to gain wisdom, you've got to spend time with wise people. You've got to go mm-hmm. and try different things. Well, not and, yet. That's the next one. That's the next one. <laughs> okay, and the next one is what? Man of understanding. Man. A man of understanding. What does he do? Attain wise counsel. He attains wise counsels. And that word attain can refer to the idea of buying it. Hmm. He's willing to pay for it. Um, and so, uh, so these four people, the simple person, the youthful, knowledgeable person, um, the youth who's growing in knowledge, the wise person who's continuing to gain more wisdom. He's, mm-hmm. he, he gains wisdom. He's growing in knowledge. And then the understanding person, which is also the word for discerning person. He's the discerning person. Oh, and that's cool. the highest level. What's that, Mel? I said that was cool. <laughs> what it, is? Was, it wasn't profound. It was just understanding discernment. I thought that was Yeah, the highest level that. that we can achieve in our mature Christian state is to, re- to reach the level of discerning person. Um, discerning between good and evil. That, that level will keep you out of trouble. It mm-hmm. will help you to know who you're supposed to marry. It'll help you to understand what job to pursue, what career to pursue. You know, I I look back at my life and I was a, uh, started off, my very first job was working at a golf course. And uh, I, uh, I remember, uh, I wasn't, I didn't have any real skills. I remember um, my clubhouse had a concrete floor and <laughs> rather, th- I, hope, I hope my boss doesn't hear this. Rather than uh, mopping it like I was supposed to, I got the hose and hosed the whole thing down <laughs> and then pushed it out with a broom. That's how I cleaned it. But my first job, I was only uh, 12 years old. And, uh, and then after that, it, um, during the time, I was shoveling snow for people mm-hmm. and cutting grass and raking leaves and doing all those little jobs in the summertime. And then, uh, then worked at a gas station. And, uh, you know, car would pull up and you'd check their – they don't do this anymore, by the way. Mm-hmm. We would have to check their tire pressure, check their oil, Windex their windows. Um, we'd even Windex their lights front and back. We did all of that. When Why? a person mm-hmm. pulled into the gas station while the gas was pumping in their car, we would do all of that extra work. That's crazy. You know what it was called? You know what a gas station was called back then? What? Anyone service know? Service station? A service station. <laughs> That's awesome. It's where you serve people. It's like a pit stop mm-hmm. for NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they windex the windows, but 
Maybe they did. A little oil change. (laughs) Yeah. Why am I telling you this story? Oh, yeah. yeah, Okay. So worked at a gas station. (laughs) Then at a salt mine. You know, and then then from there, I got saved. And God let me become a teacher. And from a teacher, principal of a Christian school, from principal of a Christian school to start. Oh, then I was a principal of another Christian school and then worked on a farm and then Lamplighter Ministries. And I look back at all of those experiences of life in each one each one served as one one key of knowledge in my life that has helped me to do everything that I'm doing today mm-hmm. um, I'm still cutting lawns <laughs> still raking leaves mm-hmm. you know and and uh, it gives you an appreciation each one of those jobs cost me something mm-hmm. you know and when you when you realize that nothing in life is free except for salvation and God's grace. Mm-hmm. You know, and when, when something has cost you, like if you've been given a bike for Christmas and it's a gift, you might take care of it. But if you pay for it for yourself, you pay for it yourself, you might take care of it a little bit more if it costs you something. And that's what wisdom does. Wisdom is costly. And when you pay for it, when you've acquired it, and you've paid a price for it, um, you take care of it a little bit better. Okay, so that brings us to um, the end here where he's going to say, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Hate what God hates, love what God loves. But fools despise wisdom and correction. And immediately after he says this, he goes into the very first wisdom lesson. And we're going to close here with the very first lesson. And the first lesson is what? My My son. son. Go ahead. My son, hear the instruction of your father. And do not forsake the law of your mother. Okay, so the very first one, we're going to change that word instruction to um, correction. Correction. We're going to make a little correction, Caleb. <laughs> my son, and there's there's twelve my son lessons. The first lesson is my son, do what? Hear. Hear. Shema. shema. Ooh, it's Shema again. Yeah. Listen and obey. Your father's what? Correction. Correction. It's the very first lesson. You know, and God's God's placed parents in our lives. Number one, that's that's where the first correction comes mm-hmm. from. You know, and then He places different leaders in our life and authorities in our lives. And friends sometimes, friends. faithful are the wounds of a friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what I'm seeing happen in in our culture today, especially in American culture, is that people don't want to be under any kind of authoritative correction. Mm-hmm. You know, people leave churches, people leave work. I think a lot of that has to do with we're kind of slipping away from truth, like absolute truth. Everything's becoming subjective. And so, I mean, people are just like, okay, that, that may be true for you, but it's not true for me. So mm-hmm. I think it, that blurs the lines a little bit. So then you don't have to be, like you were saying, accountable to anyone. Cause then right. You're the God of your own life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you I get to control that. I used to always, like, whenever I went to people for counsel, I used to be like, well, it's not that it's not that simple. And Lou looked at me while we were on the road and he said, it really is that simple because the truth of it is the whole Bible comes down to if you're not choosing life, then by default you choose death. Mm-hmm. And there's no in-between. There's no gray area. You either choose life, choose life. and mm-hmm. the right things or you choose by default death and Satan. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 31. Choose life. That's amazing. Yeah. And and as you choose life, you learn to love what God loves and hate what God hates. Mm-hmm. Um, not in a legalistic know-it-all sense, because when you're loving what God loves and hating what God hates, 
you have a real sense of humility. You have a sense of thankfulness. Mm -hmm. And real wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and of good fruits. Mm -hmm. That's how you know. Because the opposite, when the opposite happens and you become haughty and Mm -hmm. stuck up and you think that you know everything Mm -hmm. when you know nothing, then people are, they're Mm -hmm. opposed to it. You know, people are resist that kind of authority. That's not the kind of a, that's not true godly leadership. But mm-hmm. God might place you under that kind of leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's not time to run like Joseph. He had to be put in prison for twenty years to learn the lessons that he's learning. Um, David had to be under Saul for twenty years. <laughs> you know, how would you like to have javelins thrown at you every day? <laughs> Come here, Ruth Ann. Stand over there for a second, please. <laughs> By someone he loved, too. What's that? By someone he loved, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. That would have been incredibly hard. I mean, no wonder the Psalms were birthed from that pain. And so it, it's healing to so many people because it's so raw. Mm-hmm. But that's really intense. Yeah, and it could happen with your spouse. It can happen with a child. It can happen with your boss. Mm-hmm. It can happen with your pastor. It could happen mm-hmm. with someone in the church. Mm-hmm. And God uses all of those things to help us to learn what real wisdom. This is what he says. If you turn at my reproof, and that reproof, that idea of reproof is being proven wrong. And God places people in our lives to prove us wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, because whenever we think we're right, you know, we it's like, Whenever there's strife Mm -hmm. and division and conflict in your life, Mm -hmm. whenever there's envy and jealousy of any kind, that conflict is to teach us that we are getting away from wisdom. Mm -hmm. We're moving toward foolishness. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, the only way to get back is to turn. Turn at my reproof and what will happen? Pour out my spirit and make known my words to you. Mm -hmm. And when that comes, then all of a sudden you can start living the life that God wants you to live, a life of wisdom Mm -hmm. that is filled with mercy, kindness, truth. But that's all in lesson three, so stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, Molly. Or I'd keep going, wouldn't I? (laughs) It's really good. God bless. We'll look forward to doing this again. Once upon a time, there lived a man who hated Christmas. Love leads to loss and loneliness. And that man was me. So this is your Christmas gift to me, Lord. This is the last time you'll ever hear from me. My name is Robert Theodore Redfern. I don't give to charity. One who has never loved has never lived. Perhaps you are going through a difficult time this Christmas season. Do you miss her terribly? This story is much more than just my own. In all the world, is there one person who is a bit happier for my existence? And it all started the week before Christmas. I've looked everywhere for Toddle. Oh, Jack, is he dead? Meet a man who died long before he truly lived. Lamplighter Theatre presents The Unlikely Wise Man.